Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Off Menu Podcast. If it looks a little bit open, tap it on the table. If it closes, it's fresh content. James, it's a food podcast. That was an Oysters. oyster ba- oyster, oyster-based introduction. You know that, of course. Of course. I've tra- travelled on the tube. If you have some oysters or, mu- or mussels, I've just learned this recently, if they're open, you've got to tap them, and if they shut, it means they're fresh. But if they, if they don't shut, they're dead, and you shouldn't eat them. So if the shell's open, and then you tap it, and then it shuts and stays shut, mm-hmm. it's, fresh. it's fresh. Because it's still, it's still like alive. If it springs still. open again. Yeah. I cooked some oysters the other night, is what I'm trying to say. You, you did a boil, didn't you? Well, no, that was the... Cr- I did, like, a shrimp boil, but then I did some oysters beforehand. A, a place called Decateur yeah. sent me some oysters, and I did them on the barbecue with garlic pecorino butter in them, and it's, honestly, I think the best night of my life. Wow. I'm quite jealous, Ed. You, you, you're really... You're putting everyone to shame with your lockdown cooking. It's amazing. Yeah, I've got to say, I, I did feel a bit bad during lockdown when I was eating oysters. It didn't, <laughs> sure. You know how at the start everyone was like, this is the great leveller, everyone. It's everyone in the same situation. And then you're eating oysters with garlic butter in them and you think, that's not true, is it? Yeah, yeah, you've got your, your barbecue that looks like your fiancé. Yeah, cooking oysters on it should be ashamed of myself. Anyway, it's a food podcast, James. Yes. What happens on it? This is the off-menu podcast where we have a guest on and we ask them their favourite ever start a main course dessert, side dish and drink. And this week's guest is Joe Brand. Joe Brand. It's Joe Brand. It's the final episode of the series. And of course, we have the wonderful Joe Brand with us. So excited to have Joe on. She's an One of the all-time hero, greats. It's an absolute time privilege great. having her on. You were on Taskmaster with us. She presents Extra Slice, Great British Bake Off. That's a food connection right there. Hopefully every single course will be cake and this will be the best menu I've ever heard of. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, but James... Even though it is Joe Brown and we're massive fans, mm. if she says our secret ingredient, which I, we are going to tell you now, yeah. she will be kicked out of the restaurant. And this week, the secret ingredient is sea buckthorn. buckthorn. I don't even really know 
what it is, but it started showing up on menus a couple of years ago. It's, as far as I'm aware, little orange berries that are on like a bush or something. And I don't think they add anything taste-wise. I think they occasionally make things disgusting. And I don't, I think it's a trendy ingredient that shouldn't be allowed. I didn't have any idea what it was. When you said it, I thought it was like actual, like a massive handful of seaweed or something. I thought this was going to be a type of seaweed, which I know you like seaweed. So I thought that's a bit weird, but I'll let him have it. But actually, it's a little orange berry. Does it? Sa- does sea buckthorn sound nice? It sounds nice as a seaweed. Mm. Imagine it as a seaweed. If it thorn. was like a, a seaweed called sea buckthorn, you'd be like, yeah, yes, please. Oh, no, I don't, I don't want anything thorn-based in my mouth, sorry. Yeah, I can't really think of any kind of like thing that has the word thorn in it that you'd like to drink. No. A cider? Is there a cider with the word? Uh, Blackthorn, but I don't like cider, it's too sweet. Case case closed. Case closed on that one. So if Joe Brand says see Buckthorn, she is out of the restaurant. And quite frankly, I don't want to have to kick her out of the restaurant because it's the last episode of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how she'll react to being kicked out of the restaurant. Uh, she wears, like, boots with steel toe caps. And if she kicks off, things are going to go down if there's a rumble. Even yeah. though we are recording this over Zoom, I can imagine she would put her entire leg through the internet and kick me in the face. It would work. And I would get away scot-free because I'm adorable. Exactly. You are indeed adorable. Uh, Well, on that note, uh, let's crack on and hear the off-menu menu menu of Joe Joe Brand. Brand. Welcome, Joe Brand, to the off-menu dream restaurant. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Joe Brand. We've been expecting you for some time. Yes. Do you mean today or um, just generally in the scheme of things? Since the inception of the restaurant, we have always known all of the guests who will one day find their weary souls under our roof. Wow. Right. We knew your name from day one since we laid the first brick. And believe you me, my soul's weary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the first time you've shouted out "weary souls," James. That's I didn't yeah. realise that's what what this concept was. That it was for everyone, weary souls. Yes, everyone who comes <laughs> here is a weary soul, and uh, they, they need replenishing by our food. Oh, I see. Oh, well, I I like to be a weary soul. I don't like enthusiastic people who've got plenty of energy. They're really annoying, aren't they? <laughs> Who's really the worst annoying. one of those who you've ever met? The worst, most enthusiastic person who, if you ever bumped into them again, you'd be like, oh, forget it. I think it was my trainer for this 140-mile walk I did for Comic Relief, and he should really have been executed after about a mile. <laughs> he was so annoying. And he pretended to like me, and he said awful things about me on the documentary that I didn't realise until someone watched it and went, have you heard what... Anyway, he, what was it he said? Oh, that's right. He said, I'm never going to make it, right? And he said... Um, She's not going to make it because she's morbidly obese. And I was a bit put out by that because I thought I was quite cheerfully obese. But, you know, um, honestly, he was very annoying. And he made me go up and down Primrose Hill ten times without stopping. And I don't know if you know about heart rate and stuff like that, but your optimum heart rate is uh, 220 minus your age. And I think at the time that kind of made mine like 155 or something. And he said, if it goes above that, basically, you're going to die. Anyway, 
I was going up Primrose Hill for the ninth time and my heart rate was 154. <laughs> and I was like saying, Greg, can I stop? And he's going, no, come on, we're nearly there. Oh, it was horrendous anyway. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so you you don't like, in, you want to be a weary soul, Joe. You don't want to be replenished. You don't want, you don't want in, to be enthusiastic. Have you ever woken up feeling enthusiastic? And if so, what did you do to get rid of it as quickly as possible? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question. Well, luckily, no, I haven't. But if I did, I would just stay in bed and get drunk whatever time of day it was. Is, it, is this going to be quite a boozy menu that we've got ahead of us here? Well, no, I don't think so. I used to be a huge drinker when I was a student, and um, it it did it does get you into all sorts of trouble. I'm, I'm sure you both know that. And uh, actually, you're very enthusiastic, Ed. I seem to remember I am. from Taskmaster. <laughs> very enthusiastic, very competitive. So enthusiastic that I just felt weary talking to you sometimes. <laughs> you were that enthusiastic. Oh, join the club. <laughs> Every single episode of this podcast, I have to have a lie down afterwards. <laughs> I was very excited to be there, and I was sat between you and David, really trying to bring the bring the energy and mood up. And I don't know. I, don't, I think you I did. think eventually, eventually, we sort of we came to a, a happy stasis where you were happy with the level of enthusiasm that was going on. It was just a nice in between feeling. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a nice show, and it, I think we all we we complimented each other perfectly. Yes. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, but there was no no boozing for you and David after the after the records. No. Exactly. No. It was just me, Katie, and Rose absolutely getting on it after every show, and uh, and you and David were straight home, presumably to get rid of all the enthusiasm for Nanny to change us. <laughs> <laughs> Judging by David's performance on Taskmaster, I imagine he wanted to find you lot and have a drink, but he couldn't. He, he got lost along the way and ended up in a car <laughs> in a ditch in a different country. <laughs> Well, that is kind of quite deceptive, that um, approach that he takes, because he is a really bright guy. Mm. But, I mean, I, I enjoyed his bumbling because it made me look like Superwoman. <laughs> <laughs> but he was very loved by the Taskmaster audience because of that, I think, which is a he good was. thing. He, f- he filled his role mar- marvellously. He did. The audience always loved the people at the bottom of the table. They don't so much care for the show-offs at the top of the table, especially the winners. They don't like them very much. Doesn't matter. Remember who won uh, that one? (laughs) And people never remember the person who comes second bottom, James. Well, looks like someone remembered. Oh yeah, and I remember. I remember everything. Um, So, not necessarily going to be a boozy menu today, then, Joe. You've left those days behind you. Unfortunately, I I inherited from my mum the ability to get pissed after after half a teaspoon of sherry so you know i have to be really careful because my mum is just she she'll just behave appallingly after one sip and i really didn't want to be like that i wanted to be one of those like down with the boys you know 15 pints and still standing but i'm just not so i have to be careful not too boozy but also i'm guessing not too enthusiastic maybe <laughs> but maybe you want to keep things weary yeah, because I, I can't work out, Joe. I've been trying to think about it, whether you're going to be really into your food or you just can't be bothered with any faff. Because obviously you're a host of uh, Great British Bake Off Extra Slice. So, you know, you're enthusiastic about baking. Uh, or Not really. Television actually, television presenting. <laughs> yeah, television presenting. I'm, I don't do baking at all, to be honest. That's hard. That's too much like hard work. So I can't work out whether... I, I can't imagine going to a restaurant with you and you being really enthusiastic about, like, 
the nuances of cooking or a new exciting ingredient, I can imagine you being like, just fucking bring it over here and I'm going to eat it. Yeah, that's exactly me. And, you know, I don't even really like going to posh restaurants very much because I am um, relentlessly kind of working class. I'm a total philistine. I suppose the most sophisticated thing I had when I was a teenager was a kebab um, because it was from another country. And <laughs> my my mum and dad were, we, you know, were both from kind of South London working class homes. So... The poshest thing they they kind of ever ever had to eat was like something with a bit of pastry on it, I suppose, like a pie. Um, so, I, and I'm afraid I've stayed the same as that. I have tried to. My my husband, he's really good cook, and he puts lots of things in his cooking, um, which frightens me. You know, like if he's making a curry, he I just have like a pot that says curry powder, and I put two teaspoons in. But he does like garam masala and paprika and all that, and it tastes exactly the same. I did have a competition once with Gordon Ramsay, right? Um, and you had to both cook a meal, and then this this panel had to taste it blind and say which was the best. So we did a curry, and I just got a tin of curry and heated it up in a saucepan, and he like did this whole bloody rigmarole for hours. Uh, while I just sat there and glared at him and tried to be as aggressive as he was to me. Uh, And he only won by a tiny little smidge, (laughs) which is my point in a way. Yeah, Yeah. you may as well use a tin. Exactly. We went to a fancy restaurant once, Joe. Do you remember the whole Taskmaster cast, we went to Sketch for an afternoon tea, which is a a beautiful restaurant in London. Uh, This incredible pink dining room, uh, the walls covered in David Shrigley art. Uh, and it's this incredible afternoon tea with champagne and things like that. Uh, and we went and sat down. But when we arrived, do you remember the waiter was so excited to see you? He demanded that uh, he take you off on a private tour of the restaurant. <laughs> and so it was just me and you there. We'd arrived. Uh, no one else had arrived yet. And he went, oh, it's so great to see you. And took you away. And then you came back from the ta- uh, to the table when everyone else was there with the waiter. And do you remember what you said to us when you came back to the table with the waiter? I don't, I'm afraid, because I don't have a memory anymore, really. What did I say? Well, you announced to the restaurant that you'd just given him a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> well, that was quite funny, wasn't it? It was great. That's why I'm bringing it up again. In the old days, I might actually have done. But in the now that I'm old, I wouldn't probably. It depends. Was he nice looking? How old was he? About 80. Oh, that's perfect for me now because they don't Joe, move. Joe's trying to narrow down if it actually happened or not. Because they don't move. <laughs> we always start with still or sparkling water, Joe, which is it's odd to segue from that story into <laughs> um, what would you like to drink now? Well, hopefully it'll have some sort of cleansing effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, still or sparkling water. Well, I have to say sparkling mm-hmm. because being like quite old and, um, and and being again from sort of, I mean, my they were quite an aspirational family. And by the time I was like 15, my parents were kind of a bit middle class, really. But we always thought sparkling water was like really exciting, a big thing. And some friends of my parents down the road had had one of those um things that make sparkling water and we thought that was massively space age when i was six 
I still think it feels space age having like a soda stream or equivalent in in the house because my I remember my uncle had one and we were very excited by it. Like we used to go we used to go round and play with the soda stream. Well, that's good, isn't it? I, I mean, I, let's face it, kids these days don't get much to excite them of on that level of uh, sort of tedium, do they really? Because they can go and oh, I don't know what whatever they do, build build houses and <laughs> kill each other. <laughs> you know, that's it. <laughs> Those are the two main things. <laughs> well, it, building it, houses and killing each other. <laughs> I don't even know what things you're referring to. <laughs> well, I'm I'm referring to where you sort of oh, what's it called? See, I told you I've got no. Is memory. it an online thing? Yeah, it's an online thing oh. which like like little kids do. Well, probably like seven, eight year olds where you sort of build a town. Oh, oh Minecraft and stuff. Oh yeah, something like that. Is that Minecraft? Minecraft. I that was Call about of mines. Duty. <laughs> oh, Call of Duty. That's horrendous. And then yeah. there's another one where you murder prostitutes. And yes. also, what's that called? Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto, yeah. And they, there was a new version of that I noticed recently where you could kill a, a suffragette as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, moving on to something yeah. more intellectually demanding then. Thanks. <laughs> no, you're right. The, fa- the fact that all that exists, the fact that kids could go and kill a suffragette, but they're still excited by bubbly water, I think is wonderful. I do too, mm. absolutely. I mean, I, I I think Soda Streams overrated. Yeah, J- James doesn't like us because he hasn't worked out how to use it. We've sent <laughs> Soda Streams, Joe, and James sp- sprayed himself in the face on the first one, and he's been too scared to go back to it. Oh, well, James, sprayed in the face, Joe. Have another go, oh, because but... you will really be excited if you make it work properly. But I do like another luddite uh, in the vicinity. <laughs> Because I have trouble making things work, as evidenced by my inability to set anything up here today. But <laughs> thankfully, there was someone quite young in our house at the moment, so few. Who was that? It was it was my daughter's boyfriend. She's quite young as well. I'm not implying that she's 75 and he's 20. <laughs> they're both they're both 19, but she's, she's she's online doing some college things. So he was. Knocking about, so he and also it's probably it. easier to get your daughter's boyfriend to do menial tasks for you, right? Because he's still looking to impress you, whereas your mm. daughter probably couldn't care less. Dead right, spot on, <laughs> and all those things exactly. Does he ever talk about you know, seeing you on TV? And does he go like, "Oh, you were so good, Joe. You were the funniest out of everyone on that show. You were so great." And then you know, oh, he's, he's going to ask for a favour soon. No, he's never said that. He said thing. He says things to me like, "Oh, have you met James Acaster? He's brilliant, isn't he?" <laughs> and I really like Ed Gamble. And yeah. I'm going, "Have you seen Getting On?" And he, no, no, I don't know what that is. <laughs> so no, I'm far too old for him. And he doesn't. He likes kind of Bill Bailey and people like that. He doesn't like me. You know, young whippersnappers mind. like Bill Bailey. Yeah, <laughs> the new well, and up not, and comers. Yeah, not not young, but someone who's who suits his kind of his interests in life, which is not some ranty old fat feminist going, "I hate men, kill them all." Weirdly, <laughs> I can't understand why. <laughs> Although that's given me a brilliant idea for a computer game you could design. <laughs> yes. yes. The opposite. Go and kill some men's rights activists. Well, I will, yes, I'd be very happy to invent that game. <laughs> I haven't got the first idea. But anyway, I could team up with someone knowledgeable, Ed Gamble. Poppadoms or bread? Eh? Poppadoms or bread, Joe Brand? Poppadoms or bread? Oh, God. I'm going to show myself up yet again as a Philistine, but bread, 
Uh, James, bread. I don't think that's the Philistines' choice. I think that's a wonderful choice. I think it's unadventurous mm, in perhaps. some ways. Depends what kind of bread. Yeah, if you've got a specific type of bread that you like, your favourite sort of bread. I like French bread, a baguette. Well, here we go. It's not a Philistine's choice, that at all. Is it not? It is. I think it probably is, but I don't care. Yeah, I love French bread because it's one of the few breads that you can eat without anything on it. Not that I choose to, but if you had to, it still <laughs> tastes nice without butter and whatever else you like on your bread. So that's interesting. You would never have it without butter or anything else, but as you're eating it, it makes you feel good that if you wanted to, you could. Exactly. Do you know, sometimes, I don't think it happens much anymore, but in the 70s, you would go to a restaurant and you would have some bread by your plate and then there'd be like little pats of butter on a dish and they'd be absolutely rock hard. <laughs> so you couldn't <laughs> spread them on the bread. You just had to sort of slap them on there and smash them down with a spoon uh, and then take one bite and then it was all gone by then and you'd, you'd had your sort of year's quotient of butter. I complain <laughs> about that at restaurants, not to, to anyone, just sort of quietly under my breath. But secretly, I think I like it because it means I just have more butter. I don't mind eating a whole chunk of butter on one tiny bit of bread. I think it's delicious. I, absolutely delicious. I eat butter like cheese. I, I love butter as well. C can I just ask you, have either of you ever complained at a restaurant? Yeah, I think I have maybe three times in my life. And I'm pretty sure two of them were when I'd ordered a steak like rare and it had come well done like it definitely was wrong yeah so then then i've been like oh, i'm so sorry this i think this is overcooked i asked for a rare one but not i'm not a regular complainer i'd say i don't i don't think it's a good idea have you complained james kind of i, I well <laughs> I, I i was scared of complaining so instead i just acted like i was just letting them know something so i i, I queued back up to the counter and went Sorry, just just letting you know, uh, there is broken glass in the dial that I just ate. <laughs> just, just, just letting you know that in case you were, uh, in case it's in the rest of the dial. <laughs> uh, was there really? Yeah, there was broken oh glass. Oh my in lord! It. And uh, I, I got <laughs> because what they did was they just gave them. Um, my table this gave us free cakes uh as let's have loads of cake and i thought it was a, a massive like score and then a lot of people afterwards were saying to me you know that like you probably could have got some money out of that it's <laughs> like no, you absolutely. had broken glass in your food instead they just saw you coming a mile off and went give him give him a cake he'll, he'll absolutely love it that is the worst thing you could have in your food i can't think of anything worse to find in your food than broken cyanide glass. or some sort cyanide. of nuclear waste maybe but... <laughs> But I, I guess know. then you're not even going to get into the queue to be able to complain. I think you're pretty much dead after that mouthful, whereas broken glass, big big bit of barbed wire maybe, it's a nightmare. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. Well, I think that's that says that you're a nice person, James, mm. because you didn't immediately think I can sue them sure. thousands <laughs> for this, you know. Yeah, and I was with Matthew Crosby, who's the worst person to be with in that situation because he's even nicer. He's probably the nicest person I've ever met. So he he, he, <laughs> he, he, he wasn't going to you know get me all revved up and go like, you can get him for this. He was like, oh, better let them know about the glass, yeah. actually. He had but, second uh, helpings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like... What about you, Joe? Are you a complainer? No, because I've worked in restaurants and I know what they do when you complain. Great. Let's let's have a bit of insight. What's the worst thing you've ever seen happen? Put some glass in some dial? Well, I know someone, for example, I won't tell you where it is, but it was a very long time ago, who, who they complained about their soup. It got sent back to the kitchen. She pissed in it, heated it up and sent it back again. 
So uh, there's one. I don't uh, know if you ever actually read the book Train Spotting. No. no. Rather than just seeing the film. Well, there's a scene in that, that and uh, you know, that they obviously thought was even too repulsive for the film. This will never get on this show, but who, so I'll tell you anyway. But uh, where um, a woman, um, I think it's kind of the woman who's in the film, actually, she's working as a waitress and this businessman is being absolutely horrible to her and he sends something back. So she takes her Tampax out, wipes it all over the food and sends it back again. <laughs> I wonder why that wasn't in the film. It's not exactly Disney as it is, but you know. <laughs> and is that is that something you've seen happen in real life? I'm not saying. No, I haven't. I haven't, Ed. I haven't seen that happen in real life. No. The piss is pretty bad, though. Oh, I know. I and know. It, something about it being a woman doing it as well. There's so much more admin to go through to get the piss into the bowl, right? Well, mm-hmm. that is true. But, and also, you know, like when the comedy store first opened uh, in Leicester Square, the toilets were like miles away from backstage. And all the blokes could just used to have a piss in the sink while we're on pissing. And um, obviously there would only ever be like three women on there ever in a year. So... Um, <laughs> We, we, I actually thought I, this is, I'm not going all the way to the toilet to be, you know, spat on and <laughs> abused by, by the drunken citizens of London. <laughs> so I used to piss in the sink as well, but it was really hard to do. <laughs> yeah. And someone had to hold the door. And of course, there would always be a joker that went, oh, I forgot. And, said to people, come on in, you know. Anyway, you can imagine. One of my friends at university, she'd been at a different university the year before, but she'd only been there a year. And she wouldn't quite say why why she'd left uh, until we were a few weeks into the term and we were out. And she said the reason she'd left is in her room in the halls of residence, one night she was drunk and decided she wanted to piss in the sink. Uh, and she sort of manoeuvred herself into that situation uh, and then got the distribution of weight wrong and taken the sink off the wall and then the next day left the university. <laughs> I wouldn't have left for that, would you? <laughs> no, 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 God, no. No, no I'm no. Not, ashamed, not ashamed of that. What I'm thinking is, did, she, did your friend piss directly into the bowl of soup? Or here's the thing. I don't think I would be confident enough to know that the amount of piss I was going to piss out wouldn't overflow and True. be too much. And I would want it to be, and I'm wondering if she did it into the bowl or she did it into a glass and then poured it into the soup or she did it into the big pot of soup itself and thought, everyone's going to have piss soup now. <laughs> I'm so annoyed. <laughs> You're conjuring up a lovely picture. Yes. Um, well, uh, I no, as far as I know, she just did it into the soup and she obviously had been doing her pelvic floor exercises <laughs> because she managed to put, like, the right amount in and then, sorry, this is like woman's hour now, isn't it? It's um, perfect. Or she, I guess she could go for a piss in a new bowl so she knows how much is in there and just top the rest up with soup. <laughs> yeah. It's the other way to do it. <laughs> yeah, stir it in. Talking of soup, is that a clue uh, to what your starter's going to be? Oh, yes, your starter. Yeah, no, I don't like soup much. How about a bit of piss? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like piss. Yeah, absolutely. Um, No, I I would have um, uh, like a Greek uh, meze for my starter. 
without most things in it that I don't like. <laughs> so you've gone for a starter that is an array of things, but you're going to remove most of the things. Yes. <laughs> and I, I just have, um, uh, what would I leave? I'd have taramasalata, hummus. I don't like uh, vine leaves wrapped around whatever, uh-huh. what's in them. Is it rice? It's like rice. I think there's yes. rice and maybe a bit of So far we've there, got yeah. two dips. Yeah, two dips. Yeah, I like olives and I quite like whatever random bits of meat they chuck into a mezze if they do. I can't even remember. But mostly I love taramasalata very much indeed. Yeah. So when you say mezze... I mean a meh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I couldn't think of any other way of describing it to kick off. I should have just said taramasalata and pita bread, really. But I do yeah. like hummus as well, and I do like olives. You can have all those things, for sure. Do you want bread to go with this as well? Because obviously you've got, to, you've got to dip it, or are you eating the taramasalata like a big yoghurt? Uh, oh, no, certainly not. No, dip dip stuff into it, you know. I think I think that it would be nice to have a selection of different things to dip into it. I quite like breadsticks and I quite like cheese straws. I mean, is that all right to do that? Or you oh, know, totally. Yeah. I just like that it's gone from Greek meze was the headline, <laughs> and now it seems to have just turned into a trestle table at a Christmas party. Yeah, well, actually, that that does betray my class, but yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. All right. Well, well as we're here, let's ch- chuck in some mini pork pies and some <laughs> cocktail sausages then. Great. <laughs> Am I in Athens? <laughs> <laughs> Have you been to Athens? It's a very weird place because um, when you go on the... Um, this Again, this was like in 19... Oh, God, what, 83 or something I went there. Uh, when you go on the, like the, their equivalent of the tube train... It's, and it's really crowded. People don't pinch your bum. They just do, like, they wiggle their fingers like this against you, against your bum. Oh, God. Like the other way around. It's quite unpleasant, really. It is unpleasant. and But yeah. interesting to see how uh, sexual harassment dif- differs amongst different cultures. Yes. I think so. That's a good idea. That's our next, uh, that's our next venture, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a TV show about sexual harassment across the world. <laughs> Absolutely. It'll be a bit like that race, race across the world, <laughs> except we won't be really particularly racing. We'll just be going there. Yeah, yeah, and and Joe Joe should be blindfolded the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and when you arrive at each place, she has to tell where you are based on what's what's happening yeah. to her bum. <laughs> and what's my role in all this, Joe? <laughs> I think your, your your role would be to question each culture, okay, about yes. why they do that particular move that they do. <laughs> So we go to Greece and I say, why are you wiggling your fingers yeah, like exactly. that? Yeah, exactly. I think there's something. There's definitely something in it. Yeah, me too. It only need be a short five-minute thing. So we've <laughs> so got... It's not going to fill up an hour, is it? <laughs> Who knows? So we've got pot of taramasalata, pot of hummus, breadsticks, cheese straws, olives, pork, mini pork pies. <laughs> yeah. Anything else from the... Cocktail the sausages. Cocktail sausages. And gherkins, maybe. Gherkins, mini scotch eggs. No, I'm not so keen on them for some reason. Fair enough. Seems a bit of a sin to put them together in one. So scotch eggs in general, you don't like? No, not just the mini ones. No. Well, they don't have to be on the Christmas uh, the Christmas buffet then. Yeah, don't but, worry, they're not. On there. I mean, obviously, it goes without saying. James will know this. If I go to a party and there's a Christmas buffet or any mm. sort of buffet, I'm just stood by that. That's where I take up residence. 
just nibbling on stuff. They are great, actually, aren't they? Yeah. I had a Christmas pudding last night. Did you? Yeah. What? What are you talking about? Just for for the listener, it's mid-November. Yep. Why did you have a Christmas pudding? My 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 girlfriend uh, has like got a load of. She was wanting to make a Christmas cake, and then she wanted to make a Christmas pudding as well. And it was like a trial one. Oh, great! She just made a small one, and I got home. And she was like, "It's a small Christmas pudding in there if you want it." So I did hot Christmas pudding, but with cold custard. That's what I like. Oh, oh that's lovely! Good. That does sound really good. It's a shame we don't eat Christmas pudding all the year round. Yeah, that's what I thought as I was eating it. I was like, "Why don't I do this all the time?" Well, yeah. we're doing a load of mince pies at the moment, so I suppose it's the same thing in a way. Mm. And I've been playing my Christmas collection <laughs> as well, and my Christmas song collection early, just to cheer myself up. <laughs> you got a favorite? You got a favorite Christmas song? Um, I like that David Essex Christmas song, A Winter's Tale. Do you know that? No. I don't no, know I, I knew you wouldn't, but why would you? You're not 78 like <laughs> I am. So, um, yeah, so I like that. And uh, oh, there's loads I like, actually. I like um, that really uh, quite weird one by, uh, I've forgotten his name as well. Honestly, this is like interviewing <laughs> I someone. I absolutely love brain it. brain has come out, I'm so sorry. So your, fav- your favourite Christmas song is that one by the person? <laughs> That one by the person, yeah. The, the, the male person. The Get your daughter's person. boyfriend in here. Yeah. Yeah. What your favourite Christmas song is. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Today's episode of Off Menu is sponsored by Aura. James, are you ready to win Mother's Day? I am, Ed. I want to cement my reputation as the best gift giver in the family. I want to give my mom an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. May I say, James, I absolutely love the class and elegance with which you use the word mom, because this is for US listeners. All of your moms deserve a good or a digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. Yeah, I think your mum's going to love looking back on your childhood memories, seeing what you're up to today, seeing what you were up to back in the day, and even better, with unlimited storage and an easy-to-use app, you can keep updating mum's frame with new photos so it's the gift that keeps on giving, James. Ed, answer me this. Who is the best gift giver in your life? Hmm, um, I'd probably say uh, my wife is a very good gift giver. Not that my mom is not a fantastic gift giver, but my wife's very good at little surprise things. She says, I've only got you a few things, and then there'll be little little surprises, things that we've seen throughout the rest of the year. I'll say to my wife, I like that, and then I forget about it, and then on the day, there's some lovely little gifts there for me that remind us of the year that we've just spent together. 
Oh, if you like being reminded of stuff, may I suggest photographs? That's a very good point, James. I think we should get ourselves an Aura digital picture frame and put some of our wedding photos on them. Right now, Ed, Aura has a great deal for Mom's Day, Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Use code OFFMENU at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Main course? Well, I really like cheese. And Mm. so I'd have lots of different types of cheese. Just this is sort of continuing a bit of a a Christmas buffet feel, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, Like, um, and I really like um, salad as well. And I really like vegetables, which is always a bit of a shock um, coming from a a portly person. I know. Uh, But I do. I like healthy things. I also Mm -hmm. really like unhealthy things as well. But so I would just like, um, because I did think about like doing a roast dinner type thing, um, but I can't, there's not quite enough in it for me that I like. So I just thought I'd have a few, just a mix of things just spread out. What are the things in a roast dinner that you don't like? Um, I don't like um, carrots, for example. I only like carrots in a curry. I can't explain it. But there you go. I don't like them in any other form. Carrots in a curry is new to me, Joe. to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. There you go, then. (laughs) What about a a vegetable curry, Ed? You said that as if, obviously, we all like carrots in a curry. You know, I'm no no stranger to carrots in a curry, of course. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever had carrots in a curry? Have you never had a vegetable curry? Yeah, but I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't associate the carrot with it. I'd think like would an aubergine not? or what potato would... or oh, aubergine. No, no. <laughs> the devil's diarrhea. In some ways, yeah, aubergines. No, that's the problem. I, I think I put I put stuff in a veg curry that you probably shouldn't because I don't like the sort of thing that they put in. I don't like aubergines. I don't like. Does courgettes, do they go in a veg mm. curry? I can't stand them. And um, what else Peppers. don't I like? Oh, oh, okra. Ugh, no. <laughs> See, I, I don't like any any stuff like that, so I have to put my own veg So here we go. I, so we found, we found another nation's cuisine that you're removing a lot of the ingredients from and putting your own version. Yes. Making a hot pot. Yeah. <laughs> No, you see, hot pot, that puts me off. That Just that word puts Does me it? off. I don't like a hot pot, no. What is? What even is it? If you had to eat a hot pot, you two, what would you have in it? Come on, tell guess, me, James, what would be I, in your hot pot? I guess, I guess like, I, 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 like uh, root vegetables and... Uh. Uh, well, I mean, okay, turnips, parsnips. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, but like, you know, also some and any sort of meat, really. But like, I, I guess I'd think of beef or I could have a chicken lamb, hot pot. lamb, maybe lamb, lamb hot pot. Yeah, yeah. big, big chunks of meat, big chunks yeah. of the meat in there. Um, a nice potato, big bits of potato. Oh, nice big bits of potato, a thick bubbling gravy sauce there in it. How does that differ from a casserole? Mm, good question. It's called, it's, uh, it's called a hot pot. <laughs> okay, that's good enough for me. I think just, just the dish, right? <laughs> what about you, Ed? Would you have all that? Now, when I when I hear hot pot, I associate that with, like, 
uh, with Chinese cuisine, like a Chinese hot pot where you would go to a restaurant, they bring you Ooh. a bubbling pot of stock and then bring you loads of other ingredients uh, to like dip in the stock and cook it. Wow. Uh, so there's loads of Chinese hot pot restaurants that is like really spicy, like Szechuan stock sometimes, and you get like vegetables and meat and all of that sort of thing, and you can tofu, dip it in, cook it. And that I think that'd be perfect for you, Joe, because then you can pick and choose the ingredients that you're having cooked in the stock. Mm. So you could you, yeah. you could go, I don't want any of this, just bring me a plate of carrots. Exactly, yeah. and a curly whirly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Remind me to not go for Chinese hot pot with you then, because I, I can't help but think you'd be soiling the stock somewhat if you dipped the curly whirly into it. I certainly would not be soiling the stock. How dare you? <laughs> Depends if anyone complained. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would be good if, we, if with a hot pot, you only dipped things in there that also rhymed as mm. well. So it's like you would dip a curly whirly in the hot pot, because uh, uh, that, that, that's, that's within the rules. Oh, right. yeah. The entire population of Pearly, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I, I don't know what other foods, what other dishes rhyme, really, now. Curly Whirly, yeah, it's really one of the Curly only... Curly Whirly rhyme. and Hot Pot are the only two. Yeah. <laughs> Could you put Runny Honey in a Hot Pot? Oh, yeah, you can, you can definitely put Runny Honey in a Hot Pot. Runny Honey, that's good. good. Yeah. So, you don't like carrots on a roast dinner. What else are you taking out of a roast dinner? Uh, parsnips. Mm. Because those little assholes are constantly <laughs> pretending to be long roast potatoes. And there's nothing worse than thinking you're going to um, eat a roast potato and it's a parsnip. I agree. This is going to blow your mind, though, Joe. When I pick up what I think is a roast potato and it turns out to be a parsnip, oh, that's a yeah. nice surprise for me. Yeah, what a absolute... Well, you're very nightmare. lucky then, Ed. I, look, I wish it was for me. I've been born with the parsnip genes. Yeah. No, but the, the way Joe said that there, like, you're very lucky. Oh, I wish I was like... That, that's like when, when, like, you know, atheists tell Christians, oh, yes, I wish I had a faith as well. You're very lucky. We're thinking you're <laughs> fucking moron. <laughs> like, that's what happened there, Ed. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I do believe... That does happen a lot more as you get older as well. I think people get a bit desperate, don't they, to believe in God. <laughs> right, okay. With each passing birthday, <laughs> and thinking, will God mind if I if I come to the feast this late, and will He see through me and my desperation? What would you do, Joe, if you uh, had a sort of realization that uh, God was real, uh, and you were welcome to God's feast, and you arrived, and all that was available was parsnips at God's feast? <laughs> I'd think uh, it was. I was probably in hell after all. <laughs> Hell is probably full of parsnips. I'd agree with that. Yeah. It probably is. But roasted to perfection. But not for you. No, no, that's lovely for me. But then again, if you go to hell, there's a nice surprise. Yeah. If there's, there's a parsnips there, you'll be pleased. So let's not get lost because we need to we need to focus on what we're having for the yes. main. Because Sorry. you've got you said you want a, an array of things. Uh, we've not really narrowed down what the things are apart from cheese, maybe, and vegetables and a salad. Cheese, yeah. salad, and vegetables. <laughs> But any particular any particular cheeses, any particular salads, any particular vegetables? Yes, my favourite cheese is Red Leicester, mm-hmm. followed by Shropshire Blue, followed by Brie, followed by Dairy Lee, <laughs> followed by Borsin. Actually, no, that comes in front of Dairy Lee. 
Um, I don't like Stinking Bishop. Have you ever had that? I have, and I like Stinking Bishop. And I bought I bought a cheese the other day that the person in the cheese shop said this is similar to Stinking Bishop, uh, and I was very excited to buy it. And that cheese was called Minger. Um, Minger? Yes. And I bought a block of Minger, and I took it home, uh, and it was all wrapped up. I put it in a box, and then my fiancé still demanded we throw it out as soon as possible because it was the smell was coming out through the box and through the fridge door and through the kitchen door and all the way up to our bedroom. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. It's the worst smelling cheese I've ever had, but you put it in your mouth and it's absolute fireworks. I loved it. How interesting. What was the person that owned the cheese shop? Someone that was on the first three series of Big Brother? Because I seem to remember they used the word minger rather too frequently in those series. It's such a horrible word, isn't it? Yes. What were the other cheeses called? I think they do do another silly named cheese, actually. I bought it for the name, obviously, but... Of course. Um, it did taste very, very good. So I would recommend a block of Minger, but not to you if you don't like stinking Where did bishop. you get Minger from? Where's the shop? Is it in London? I bought Minger from a cheese shop uh, in Walthamstow called Froth and Rind. Okay, Froth right. And I might Rind. go and, and investigate there. Personally, I'm very, very relieved that you've chosen cheese as your main course because all too often we get people on here and choosing cheese as a dessert as if that counts as a dessert. And it absolutely sends me through the roof. Ed absolutely loves it. I love it. I'm glad to be getting a whole weird cheese platter out of the way (laughs) now. So to accompany the cheeses, you would like a salad and some vegetables? And some vegetables, yeah. Is that all right? You can have whatever you like, Joe. Take us through what vegetables. Because they're just things that I I really, really like. And I would just pick a big plate of vegetables and and a big plate of salad as well mm-hmm. and just are we talking like raw veg to go with the cheese or is it like cooked veg and which veg we need to know this well i like veg a bit sort of al, al dente because as a child when i had school dinners you never had anything that had been cooked for less than about a day and a half so it was absolutely revolting i love sprouts but i don't like mushy sprouts mm. so i'd have sprouts mm. i love runner beans i love broad beans i love cauliflower Uh, I love cabbage. So it'd be all those things, lightly cooked and smothered with a bit of salt and pepper. That sounds genuinely nice. I love a veg as well. I love veg. I love salad. But I'm still struggling to get over the image of a Dairy Lee on a cheese board. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I mean, the whole thing, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to really picture the whole this whole <laughs> main course you've got where there's loads of cheeses sliced up, a big salad, and then this weird this combination of vegetables I don't, I don't know what order you're eating all these things in i don't know if i had a, if i've got like you know a load of brussels sprouts some beans and then i'm going back and forth between that and my cheese board well i think i can eat it in any order i want i mean i think the problem is that over the years my um my eating patterns have become more and more disturbed and i don't do i've never done that thing of like Although maybe, I don't know, once once a week, sit down and eat what you would call a normal meal. Uh, because um, when I was a kid, my mum went out to work when I was quite young. So I had to sort of prepare food for my brothers. So really, I, I've never cooked them a meal because they didn't deserve it because they were horrible, <laughs> the pair of them. Uh, they got nicer, but, you know, um, so I just used to make the easiest thing I could which meant that it didn't take very long and you could 
eat it watching telly instead of doing your homework mm-hmm. because my parents never knew because they're both out. So um, peanut butter sandwiches or something like that, maybe just one tomato as a nod to a bit of vitamin C, whatever. So you're saying even now you wouldn't sit down for a meal with everyone in the house? Well, I used to, but I just... Um, You know, I work kind of like different hours from everyone else. For example, if I'm working in the evening, I I can't really eat before I go out to work. So I tend to eat when I get in and there's no one around going, we've we've waited for you for dinner at half past 11. Welcome home. (laughs) And here is a lovely hot pot for you uh, that I know you've been looking forward to all night. And also as a nurse as well, like, you were I worked weird hours mm. and when I was meant to go to the canteen and eat something like like a proper meal, I just never felt like it. So I have like all totally wrong eating habits. So I would much rather have something that, that I liked rather than just some meal that someone else has cooked for me that I'm not interested in. And this is the one opportunity I get to describe it. Fair enough. Magical. Yeah, absolutely. So what side dish are you going to choose to go with that this is the smorgasbord? There's quite a lot going on already. Absolutely. Um, I Well, I would have sort of four or five different types of coleslaw. <laughs> is that allowed? Because <laughs> I love that as well. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know there were four or five different types of coleslaw. If you could please take us through them, Joe. Yes, okay. Well, there's the normal one, okay, where you just have, like, chopped up cabbage, onions, grated carrot with mayonnaise, okay? Yeah. Right. And then there's a type of coleslaw that my mum used to make when we were kids, which which had all that in it, but it also had grated cheese. Mm-hmm. And instead of having mayonnaise, because we didn't have that in the 1960s, I don't know if you know that, we had something called salad cream, which everyone on telly who's over the age of 60 keeps blaring on about and saying is great. And everyone else who's under the age of 35 just turns their nose up and go, oh, my God, it sounds appalling. <laughs> and it's great uh, because I'm old. And so I would have that. I would have salad cream coleslaw instead of mayonnaise coleslaw. But you've also got mayonnaise coleslaw as well, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then you would have a type of coleslaw which is got all that in and you just add sort of extra bits in that you feel like doing. So like a bit of um, raw cauliflower or, you know, stuff that people would go, I think you'll find that's not in traditional coleslaw. Mm-hmm. Well, once one. on this podcast, is that every episode of this podcast, we have a secret ingredient that, it, that we don't like. If the guest says they get chucked out of the restaurant. Is it coleslaw? No, it's not. Well, one, <laughs> no, <laughs> luckily for you, no, it's not. But like one episode, it was coleslaw if it's got raisins in it. Oh. Because we did yes. not allow that. How are you, how do you, where do you stand on raisins in coleslaw? Totally anti-raisin. I think it's the equivalent of having pineapple on a pizza. Yeah, I completely That's agree. I like that. You don't. I like pineapple oh, on a pizza. Oh, James. James. Quite a lot. It's not. I feel, I feel depressed now. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Joe feels depressed about your food choice, and this is a lady who is currently halfway through listing five different types of coleslaw <laughs> yeah. for her side dish. <laughs> yeah. That's who we're dealing with. I mean, I would be offended if this wasn't the most disgusting menu we've ever had. <laughs> 
good that you're not offended. <laughs> See, what I can't believe is is that I can't believe that people spend so much time thinking about and knowing about food mm. and showing their food that they've just eaten online. That, to me, is a really disturbed behaviour. That's my life, Because I I couldn't give a shit what someone's just had for their dinner. Honestly, I really couldn't. And the the more expensive and posher, the worse, the more angry I get, to be honest. And I just think, eat it and enjoy it. We don't care what you're eating. Go away and just eat it yourself and put a cloth over it. I think you would be surprised, Joe Brand, if you sat down one evening and you had multiple portions of different coleslaw. If you took a photo of that and shared it with the public, I think people would care. I think people would be like, what? What is she doing? She's got five different types of coleslaw and she's sitting down to eat them all. Right, I'm going to put that on my Instagram and see what happens. I'll let you know how many likes it got. Yeah. Oh, James, it's up to four. <laughs> oh, I think it'll go through the roof. And you could say to people, based on just the photo, tell me which which is which, which coleslaw I've got here, what types I've got. People would be throwing in suggestions, trying to guess which one's the salad cream. Now, I've got to say, we're only three deep in the coleslaw, though. I want to make sure we get to all five, sure. because we've got normal coleslaw, we've got salad cream and cheese coleslaw, and we've got... One that is both of those, but with bits of cauliflower in. So, yes, okay. And then also, I would get the one that um, that what that you have like fermented one made with fermented cabbage. Mm-hmm. Um, the one you get in Germany. Uh, what's that called? Um, like sauerkraut. Yeah, that's right. Sauerkraut. Yeah. Sauerkraut coleslaw. Mm-hmm. So basically, you ferment everything to the degree that the sauerkraut's fermented, and just make a coleslaw out of that. Really, nice. Uh-huh. Good for the that's good for the stomach as well. Fermented things, is it? No. Yeah, it is. It's yeah, a bit late yeah. for me on that front, <laughs> isn't it? Really. Anyway, what's the final the final <laughs> coleslaw, Joe? <laughs> Not a question I ever thought I'd ask <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the fa- yeah, the <laughs> final <laughs> coleslaw. Um, it is just. What you might feel like putting in a coleslaw that was a third one. on any given day when you... <laughs> the same as the were... third one. <laughs> what? The third one was coleslaw, but whatever you want to put on it. Yes, but I, the, uh, the third one's sensible things, and the mm. fifth one is not sensible okay, things. Okay, so you hear sort of the distant thing? sound of a curly-whirly being open. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think quite that bad, but maybe like some chopped up Linda McCartney veggie sausages or, you know, um, a a bird's eye potato waffle (laughs) chopped up and put in it. Or, you know, anything you felt like on the day, a bit of rhubarb, whatever. <laughs> really pimped up coleslaw. It seems like you found a bit of a loophole here. We've interviewed so many comedians, Joe, and this is the first meal that absolutely screams something you'd eat when you got in from a gig and no one else is watching. Yeah, this, I think so. It sums it up perfectly. I think so. Like, for example, one breakfast we used to have when I was at college was fried bread sandwiches. Mm. How horrendous is that, really? Great, though. Delicious. Oh, my God, they were. And especially when you're really hungover or when you're really pissed at the other end of the day. Oh. Yeah, they were brilliant. I used to do those as well. I'd, I'd do cheese sandwiches in the bread and then fry it in a pan. Oh, lovely. So good. Just oozing so many different types of things. Now, mm. I, I don't think I could cope with it now. I made an omelette the other night 
I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm really hungry. I'm just gonna make an omelette like I used to make an omelette, which is basically piles of about five different types of cheese in the omelette. I got halfway through it and had to throw the rest away. I felt so bad. I felt like I had to wash my face. <laughs> oh, so there's the. Fu- I didn't think you were gonna get to. I thought you'd you'd said five types of coleslaw and you weren't gonna. You didn't have five types of coleslaw planned, but you definitely did. Mm. My favourite is obviously the final one, depending on <laughs> like how. I mean, when the one I that's got a burger Do- in it or whatever. You just <laughs> said. Exactly. I used to work for Doctor Bernardo's, and we we used to like as a house mother. I shouldn't really have been in a position of authority there, but anyway, I was. And um, we used to play a game where that they liked playing it. We didn't make them play it. <laughs> where <laughs> quite the caveat. Here we go. How fucked up is this game? <laughs> Where you would have a blindfold on and then you would have a dish that was a weird combination of foods that you would never eat and they had to guess what was in it. I'm glad we got to that bit because when the blindfold got introduced, it sounded horribly similar to our sexual harassment travel show. Yeah, absolutely. No, there was no no, um, coercion at all involved in it and we used to play it as well. Taste test. It was a taste test game. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was. It was good fun. Joe, I made a wonderful coleslaw the other day. Uh, I'm going to see if you, you'd like this one, and maybe it might replace itself uh, in your lineup of coleslaws. It might. It's auditioning. Um, it was a, a green chili coleslaw. Crikey! How do you feel about that? Well, was it just a normal coleslaw with chilies in it as well? You have mayonnaise in there and green chilies, which I like char grilled on an open flame, so it was a bit sort of smoky, uh, and it had ginger and garlic in there as well. Uh, it's from uh, Pitq. Pitq is the name of the restaurant, but it, they have a cookbook, and I cooked it from there. It's quite labour intensive, but it was really delicious. Do you think that could find a way into your coleslaw lineup? Definitely. Yes. Let's call it six. Okay. <laughs> okay, we'll just add it. Perfect. How do you feel though <laughs> when you sometimes order a coleslaw in a restaurant and it arrives and there's no mayonnaise, no salad cream? It's just like they've put vinegar. some sort of vinaigrette on it, and it's all you know shredded cabbage and stuff. How do you feel when you get one of those? Either homicidal or suicidal, <laughs> depending on what sort of day it is. Yeah. I think one of the worst things as well is when you get coleslaw delivered and it's got a sort of crust on it because it's been oh, sitting no. somewhere so yeah, long. That, yeah, no, absolutely not. That's not a good idea. No. no. Mm. Right, so that's the side dish, very well covered. Uh, five different types of coleslaw. <laughs> <laughs> Now we come to your drink, which, I mean, all bets are off uh, at this point. I, I don't know what you're going to say from one course to the next. It's been a roller coaster ride. To drink, are we, go- are we going a liquid here or have you somehow got a solid drink? <laughs> Is it coleslaw? But no, I'd have a, um, a diet cherry Coke and possibly a brandy in it at the end. Sounds nice. Diet cherry Coke's your favourite soft drink or favourite drink? At all? A favourite soft drink, yes. Do you also drink full-fat Cokes? Because I, um, I only drink Diet Coke, and to me, they taste like normal Coke. Yeah, I forced myself to like Diet Coke. I didn't used to like them. Mm-hmm. But I, I, over many years, I have managed it, yeah. And I don't drink full-fat Coke anymore. Well, if I do, I have to go to confession, even though I'm not Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they see you coming, they know exactly what's happened. The priest is like, well, this she's only been in this church twice this year. Whenever I go into the confession booth and there's someone sat in the next door bit and they start burping, we know it's Joe Brand. She's had a full fat coat. 
She sings the full holidays are coming song from the advert yeah. <laughs> and then says she's sorry. Leaves me a little pot of coleslaw outside the door and then leaves. There's communion wafers in it. I'm also a huge fan of diet cherry coke. But Joe, tell me, have you ever tried cherry Pepsi Max? Mm. Yes. That's yes, my favourite. Yeah, that is my favourite. That's my treat. If I'm driving back from a gig, I'll stop yep. at a petrol station and buy myself a cherry Pepsi Max. I think it's it's yes. oh, if that was booze, it would be my favourite drink of all time. Yeah, it, I, it is really lovely. Yeah, but as the, I can't, I don't actually see it very often. It sort of tends to hide. The uh, the, the the premier shop near my flat, uh, they do it. <laughs> okay, all year, all of 2020, especially during lockdowns and stuff. If I want to treat myself, I walk all the way to the premier shop and get a big bottle of cherry Pepsi Max, and then I walk back home. Because <laughs> 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 I tell myself I've had a good walk. Yeah, I drink this cherry Pepsi Max. Absolutely love it. And they've got a good selection of ice cream there. If you'd said that oh, in 2019, I would think it was the most pathetic story of all time. In 2020, yep. it's I can associate with it. Uh, <laughs> it. It sounds genuinely like an exciting day. Yeah. It sounds like you've been doing a lot with yourself. I'm really proud of you. You go, James. Really exciting day. Thanks, man. <laughs> I'm lucky. I've started getting dressed up to go to the shops. This is where we're at. Oh, no. I like putting on nice outfits to go out, and there's nowhere to go out. So now I'll have a little shower and put on a shirt that I've been looking forward to wearing and a new pair of trainers. I'll go to the shop, and then I'll come back, and I'll sit down and think about what I've done. <laughs> do you do it? You wear a nice little outfit to go to the the frothing cow or whatever the place the is froth that you go and, to. froth and rind, yeah. I had a nice outfit on for that. I had a matching mask, <laughs> which actually I had a mask on when I bought it. That's probably why I bought the Minger, because I didn't quite realise the full extent of the smell. Didn't know what was going on until you got no. home. <laughs> I'm totally the opposite of you because I think I've I've got to go to the shop. Can I get away without wearing pants? <laughs> um, so I'm totally the opposite. I wish I was the sort of person that wanted to dress up and you know, but it sort of made me not in not in a bad way, but it's kind of made me lose the will to live a bit in terms of appearance. To be honest, I, I had certain standards. They've drifted away a long time ago. <laughs> So a cherry diet coke with a little bit of brandy in at the end. Brandy is yes. that your go-to booze, or is that just like a little treat? Um, well, I don't. I hardly drink at all anymore because I I always think if if you're going to drink, just get so rat ass that you behave really badly mm-hmm. or don't bother. I've never been able to do that. Sip a, a glass of wine thing and chat politely to people. <laughs> I'm no good at that. So I, I, I either drink nothing or I drink absolutely loads. And obviously, I don't drink absolutely loads very often anymore, to be honest. Just a little bit of brandy. Cherry brandy. I mean, are you, are you putting it in the Diet Coke? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Is it cherry brandy you're putting in the Cherry Diet Coke or are you just having normal brandy no, in the just Cherry Diet Coke? normal brandy. I was going to say that would be mad, but... I just remembered what your menu has been so far. You put in cherry brandy and a cherry diet coke. Yeah, you put you put a potato waffle and some coleslaw. So, <laughs> so we arrive at your dessert, my favourite of all the courses. Um, we've got cheese out the way, so I'm feeling optimistic. But uh, who knows? Is this going to be a Ben and Jerry's with all the bits removed? Uh, no, it's going to be rhubarb crumble. Mm. Nice. Which I would have made myself because I don't like anyone else's. It's kind of the one thing that I can cook, really, is that. But I'd also, with it, I'd have custard and cream mm. and ice cream yes. as well. Yes. yes. Talking about That's language. what I'm talking about. 
And I quite like that squirty cream that yeah. you can just squirt into your mouth oh. while there's no other food in it as well. So you're having that in between mouthfuls of the rhubarb, rhubarb crumble. You're just squirting some of yeah. that in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got custard, pouring You cream. sounded so sad when you said yes. <laughs> yeah, I think I am. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we've got custard, pouring cream, ice cream and the squirty cream. Yes. Yeah. What kind of ice cream is it? Uh, very, very expensive vanilla ice cream. And it's the custard, like, Madagascan... Yeah, is it proper, like, vanilla custard? I think so, but made by Mr Marks and Mr Spencer. Right, I'm not very good at making custard, mm-hmm. to be honest, so I'd get it from a shop. It does seem like an absolute faff, doesn't it, the custard thing? Like, especially if you've made a crumble, you don't want to have to make the custard as well. No, exactly, and, and ruin it by having slightly lumpy or the wrong consistency or whatever when other people do it so much better. Take us through your rhubarb crumble. Do you mind giving away your secrets? Because yeah. my mum makes an amazing rhubarb crumble. Um, I tried to make an apple crumble at the beginning of the first lockdown, and it was an absolute disaster. Why? I don't know. It was just too wet. It wasn't crumbly enough on top, and then the filling was too wet, and it just it wasn't right, Joe. And it made me sad. But my mum's rhubarb oh. crumble is incredible. That reminds me of like Sunday lunches at my mum's big rhubarb crumb, big helping a rhubarb crumble afterwards, and then cart door vanilla ice cream. Oh yes, and, and pouring cream. You're right. You got to have both. What are you doing? You doing anything special? What's your trick? No, see, my trick is not to do anything special because, like, you know, sometimes you go like if you go for a Christmas meal somewhere, someone spread a bit of jam on the carrots because they think it's like Christmas, like it's special. Or they sprinkled sesame seeds over the cabbage, or you know they've they've braised it in honey or something. The thing I like about sort of vegetables and fruit is not anything else mixed in with them. Mm-hmm. I particularly hate it when people mix kind of cinnamon and stuff mm. like that into things. That's an abomination <laughs> in my book. Yeah. So what I would do is actually I think rhubarb's much nicer without loads of sugar in it because if it's really, really sweet, it kind of gets rid of the point of eating rhubarb, which is mm-hmm. quite tangy mm. and sharp. And I don't like that forced rhubarb, which is a kind of unnatural pink colour mm-hmm. that's that's grown in some farmer's shed. The one you and, can hear you growing. Know, the one you can hear it yeah, screaming. Exactly. Yeah, like, like marijuana yeah. conditions. Um <laughs> I like the one that that grows outside and it looks green and red and it's very sharp. That's too sweet, the forced mm-hmm. rhubarb, I think. And here's a nice story as well. And, and uh, a friend of mine had, um, oh, I think it was, she was at some very posh dinner and they had raspberries uh, and cream for pudding and about 40 of them, there was 150 of them at the dinner, got hepatitis B. <laughs> from the raspberries and it was because the people picking the raspberries had pissed had a piss in the fields and one guy had hepatitis and, and loads of people got it anyway there you go there's a nice story it's so nice to you. frame the menu with piss yeah <laughs> i always like a health warning through my meals just so people know wash things yeah wash things wash everything before you yeah. eat them. wash your rhubarb you know yeah just in case someone's wandered along and had a little whittle on it <laughs> i want a can of rhubarb corston press now ed uh, james loves <laughs> rhubarb corston press so much corston 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 press when i was a baby also, i drank um... it from the breast <laughs> 
James knows that last time he sung that song, Corsten Press sent him a big crate of Corsten yeah. Press, so he's singing it again oh, because really? he's run out of cans. Yeah, I've run out of cans, so I'd like some more. Corsten, Corsten, Corsten Press, you ask me if I want one, I say yeah, yes. Does that actually work, does it? Yeah, it does work. Joe, it genuinely tends to work, so if there's anything that you'd like a delivery of, it's worth just shouting out on the podcast now yeah. and they'll probably get in touch with you. Well, the thing is, Ed, I just, I actually really just don't do that. Because if ever anyone sends me anything, I feel guilty. Mm. So I don't, I'd send it back. And I once did something and they gave us all an iPhone and I refused to accept mine because I just felt I wouldn't be allowed to go on the telly and go, those iPhones, they're shit, aren't they? <laughs> if I wanted to, yeah, which sure. I probably would never want to. But so I'm not going to sing coarse and press but i have said curly whirly but i'm not trying to get some curly whirlies yeah. i'd just like to make that perfectly clear. <laughs> i'm really laughing imagining you singing the court the coarse and press song <laughs> so just to say there's some very nice rhubarb tea bags have you ever tried no, that I, I can't remember who makes them i think it's oh well it's some posh tea company but anyway they're lovely I'm going to read you your menu back now, Joe, and we're going to see what you think. Yeah, I have to. Um, We definitely have to. I I will tell you this before I read it. Um, This is uh, the wordiest menu we've ever had. (laughs) This is the most that is like a short story because the the, (laughs) um, water, sparkling, poplums or bread, baguette with butter, starter, a Greek meze without most of the things that Joe doesn't like. So you want to keep tamasalata, hummus, olives, random bits of meat, which we never got into what they are, <laughs> breadsticks, <laughs> cheese straws, mini pork pies, cocktail sausages and gherkins. <laughs> Main course, Red Leicester, Shropshire Blue, Brie, Borsan, Dairy Lee, sprouts, broad beans, runner beans, <laughs> cauliflower and a salad. <laughs> So, Fair enough. The, sprout, the sprouts is the left turn there for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> side dish: normal mayonnaise coleslaw, salad cream coleslaw with grated cheese. Coleslaw that is both of those, but with bits of cauliflower in it. It's fermented sour, <laughs> sauerkraut coleslaw and coleslaw with whatever you feel like putting in, such as Linda McCartney veggie sausages, a bird's eye potato waffle, or a bit of rhubarb. <laughs> plus Ed's green chili coleslaw. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> that you only heard about today. Yeah. Uh, drink Diet Cherry Coke with some brandy uh, put in right at the end. And for dessert, you would like your own homemade rhubarb crumble with custard, with pouring cream, squirty cream, expensive vanilla ice cream. Uh, yeah, that's that's the whole thing. Whole, whole oh, bit. wow. I think that sounds lovely. Uh, I yeah. love I know it. That you're, not, you're not convinced, you two, but you know. Well, no, to be honest, I'd eat, I'd eat every single bit of that. Sure. Would you? Yeah, of course I would. I de- and I definitely, if I walked back in from working at half 11 at night to my house and no one else was there, but that was all perfectly laid out in front of me, I'd absolutely go to town on that. I'm glad to hear it. Delicious. Yeah. I mean, it's, ma- it. it's madness, obviously, isn't it, Joe? The whole thing's madness, but I'd, I'd eat it, it. Well, it is. But I think, you know, I kind of thought of this as like, ha- well, come up with a meal that you've got everything in it that you really love. Yeah. yeah. So I, so I kind of did. Yeah, no, you smashed it. Thank you very much, Joe Brand. That was uh, one. Pleasure. That was a wonderful nice menu. You. Lovely to see Such you. Such a pleasure, Joe. Thank you so much. Well, there we are, James. It's Ooh. the f- final episode of the series, and what a menu to end it on from Joe Brand. There, <laughs> that was. It was a wordy old menu. There was a lot of stuff in there, a lot of detail, and. Uh, it, do you know what? It was a privilege. 
It was an absolute therefore. privilege to talk to Joe. At one point, you branded it the the, the most disgusting menu we've ever had. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not rolling that out. I'm just trying to think back to all the other menus we've had. And in terms of ones that actually... I mean, I would eat all the things that she said. I just don't know if I'd want them together. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. <laughs> Individually, all great. Um, together, a bit weird. But for the right occasion, it feels like a buffet where at a wedding where they spent most of the money on the dress. Yeah. Although, you know, that rhubarb crumble... Irresistible. Oh, no, I like everything on it. I don't know. I don't yeah. know why I'm saying this. I like everything on it. <laughs> I'd eat it, right? Uh, but crucially, she didn't say sea buckthorn, which would not have gone well on that on that menu. Yes, can't thank her enough for not saying sea buckthorn. No. Uh, that would have been awful. And I mean, you know, <laughs> the, the list was piling up every time for each course. So there was always a chance. As she was getting to uh, coleslaw five, I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, what's she throwing into that? Technically, she did say Coleslaw 5 was whatever you want to put in it. So C. Buckthorn sure. could have been in it. Sure, we could have just gone... We could have been mini mean and gone, how about if we wanted to put C. Buckthorn in there? If she yeah. says yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you very much for coming in, Joe. Uh, look, what is Joe Brandy plugging? She's Joe Brand. Sure. Bake Off Extra Slice. I think there's probably one episode of that left. The series is nearly over. Uh I don't know if you're watching Bake Off, but we're recording this the day after Hermine got kicked out and I'm fucking livid. It's angry. I don't know what he's talking about. I can't watch Bake Off because of, you know, flashbacks. Surely you can watch the proper one. No. No? I can't see that tent. Do you feel like the tent did it to you? Yeah, as soon as I see the tent, I feel like, oh, no, there's something in the oven. I'm meant to be, do- I'm meant to be doing something. Oh, well, too much. let's not give too much away about that story because, of course, you do tell the story of your time on Bake Off no. on... Your new special, James, which I understand is available to watch very soon. Yes, it's going to be streaming as live on the 17th of December, 8 o'clock. And you can buy tickets at Dice FM. It's a two-hour long show. Little interval there. Give yourself a breather as well. And, yeah, I talk about my time on Bake Off. I talk about the best year of my life and the worst year of my life as well. I'm very excited. I'm very, very proud of it, Ed. Uh, As proud as I am of this podcast. Mm. You know, I have heard the advert, the other advert you did for for your special, where you say that it's the proudest thing that you've ever... I think you describe it as the proudest thing you've ever done, which doesn't quite make sense. And then you mm. say, even more than this podcast. I have heard that, so there's oh, no point trying to backtrack now. I Benito to edit that line out. He did not. Then I stand by it. <laughs> um, I was in the audience for one of the recordings, yeah. James. Um, will I be getting lots of tweets asking me if it's, if it's my laugh in the audience or can you not hear me this time? Oh, there was one in particular where I refer to... Uh, <laughs> I refer to the British public as a bunch of absolute scabs and you can hear you laugh quite loudly. <laughs> good, right, OK, yeah. good. Because I was worried because I had quite a bad cough at the time of recording. Um, <laughs> this was pre-corona. Yeah. Uh, although maybe I was patient, patient zero. zero. Uh, I had quite a bad cough, so I was trying to keep that in because I was aware it was being recorded and as such probably didn't laugh as much as I wanted to. So yes. I, I've never apologised to you for that before, <laughs> but I'm sorry. Um, but luckily, lo- everyone around me was laughing. It's an amazing show. Uh, I can't wait for people to, to be able to see it. Thank you, Ed. I'm so excited. Um, I'm going to watch it on dice.fm, uh, discount code provided, I hope, uh, and I'll be uh, I'll be watching it with a cold lasagna how how does that sound? If I watch yes. it with a plate of cold lasagna and put it on my Instagram, can I have a free ticket? Yes, you can. Especially if you hate yourself. I do. <laughs>
So, thank you very much for listening to the Off Menu podcast this series. Uh, you have been wonderful listeners, as always. We really appreciate you listening. Please keep doing so. Uh, and if you're very lucky, uh, over the Christmas period, we'll be dropping a couple of cheeky little Christmas presents into your stockings. And by stockings, I mean podcast feed. And by cheeky little Christmas presents, I mean episodes. So, Christmas specials. All right. I love you. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Goodbye. Ever wondered about the world's greatest mysteries? Who built the pyramids? Where is Bigfoot? Is time travel possible? From invisibility to whether aliens are living amongst us. It's Microscope, the improvised comedy show from the award-winning John Kearns and me, Matt Ewins, an all-round nice guy. Where is it available? I'll tell you. iTunes, Spotify, Acast and all the other places you get podcasts from. It's Microscope. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, it's Rob Orton here. Now, I've got a podcast called the Rob Orton Daily Podcast. It's a short poem or story or a musing on a particular subject every single day. What if you commissioned Picasso to paint your house and he just painted it white? Would you be annoyed? Wouldn't it be good if you could pour Miracle Grow onto other things, such as pizzas? Have you ever thought about what a beach might be like if it was made from digestive biscuits? Have you ever tried to cry about something you're not thinking about? If you would like to listen to a daily podcast that includes subjects I've mentioned there, then please listen to the Rob Orton Daily Podcast.